Whether you fancy yourself a purebred flat picker or not, using a flat pick on guitar is an essential skill that's wonderful to have in your guitar technique toolbox. On today's show, I'm gonna share with you what you can do to jumpstart, refine, and hone your flat picking skills. And these exercises that I'm gonna show you will even improve your tone, timing, and overall speed. So please grab your guitar, grab a flat pick. We're headed to the guitar gym to pump some iron. Hey, TAC family, this is episode 281 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun designed to help you get more fulfillment, progress, and joy from your acoustic guitar journey. I'll be sharing with you some acoustic news you can use throughout today's episode, including a six-year-old guitar player who proves anything is possible, another youngster making her onstage debut, and much, much more. Plus, we're going to head down the road to Billings, Montana to check out a guitar snow, but first, Let's talk flat picking. Yes, using a pick on your acoustic guitar. I always thought it was weird because you can't feel the strings with your fingers because the pick is separating your picking hand from feeling the strings. I've always equated it to trying to drive your car with two broken hockey sticks. You can't feel the steering wheel. It's weird. Well, the same is true with a pick unless you put the time in. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. I'm going to share with you some exercises that will smooth out your flat picking. The, it, these exercises will help you gain confidence in your flat picking accuracy, how fast you can play, and much, much more. So let's go ahead and dig in. We're going to start with some basic technique talk. I'll give you the metronome disclaimer, and then I'll dig into the exercises. So first and foremost, technique. I want you to pretend like you're watching TV holding a remote control. Go ahead and take the flat pick, put the flat pick with its point to your side in the crook of your index finger, and then press the button on the remote control, putting your thumb right on top of the flat pick. That's how you hold the flat pick. Now it's subtly different for everybody because we're all built, well, a little bit different. But generally this will get you in the ballpark when it comes to holding your flat pick. You can tweak it a little bit, but this is how I like to hold it and this is how I teach students to hold it. Next thing is I want you to pick the strings at an angle. So go ahead and take your pick parallel to the floor and then tilt it down, tilt the front edge down towards the floor at about, let's say a 45 degree angle, give or take. 10 degrees. Don't go busting out your protractor. Just, just tilt the front of the pick down towards the floor. It's going to help you move through the strings much easier. See, when you approach the strings flat, you get kind of this choppy sound, plus your pick gets hung up on the string. When you actually angle the pick, the attack is much softer and your pick moves through the string, which will actually allow you to play faster. Which brings me to my next point. I want you to pick through the string, okay? Don't feel like you have to pick and, and pull your pick away, right? I don't want you to be dainty like that. I want you to pick through the string. It's gonna give you the best tone. And then lastly, let's talk about tension. When you hold tension, you're not gonna be able to play fast and your, your playing is gonna feel very choppy. It's gonna feel tense, okay? So I want you to recognize tension. You're not gonna be able to whisk tension away in one fell swoop, but I want you to be aware of it. It usually starts in your shoulder, it comes down to your elbow, and it manifests in your picking hand. I don't want you to white knuckle the pick. I want you to have a nice loose grips, grip, almost like you're uh, shaking water from the back of your hand, right? That's kind of the, the action I want you to have with your flat pick. That'll help smooth things out. Okay, so we had our technique talk. Next thing, the metronome. This is the metronome disclaimer. If you want to play faster, if you want to play 
more accurate in terms of tempo. If you want to know that you're doing things right, the metronome is there for you, okay? The metronome gives you the measurement to, to be able to answer the question whether or not you're playing in time, whether or not you're picking accurately. So please use a metronome. Okay, I like to set mine around 60 beats per minute. It's a great starting point for me. And from there, I can increase the speed as I feel confident in my accuracy. You pick a speed that's comfortable for you. There is no good speed, there is no bad speed. The metronome is simply a tool that you can use to refine your flat picking. Okay, metronome talk out of the way. I'm not even gonna use a metronome today because the click drives me nuts. And honestly, I just want you to sink into the, to the meat of these exercises. You can use a metronome on your own. I just wanna describe these exercises to you today without the metronome so the focal point can be on what you're actually doing. So let's dig in. The first exercise that I have for you is an alternate picking exercise. This shows you the golden rule of flat picking, which is a downstroke on the downbeat and an upstroke on the upbeat. So if we were to count a measure, one and two and three and four and, we would be going down on the numbered beats and up on the and beats. So here's the exercise. I want you to take one finger per fret, index finger on the first fret, middle finger second fret, ring finger third fret, pinky finger fourth fret. In fact, that's what we'll be doing with all of these exercises. I just wanna keep things simple. I don't want you to be doing any sort of fretting gymnastics. Now, if you feel like these frets are too far apart for you, don't worry. You can move any of these patterns to the middle of the guitar neck. The frets are much closer and it might be a little bit easier for your fretting hand. But for the sake of demonstration, I'll be hanging out in this first position. So what I want you to do is fret that first fret of the low E string and just do a down up. Fret the second fret, down, up. Third fret, down, up. Fourth fret, down, up. That's the first exercise, right? So if I was to play this with the metronome, I'll count along with it so you can get an idea of the feel. It would sound like this. One and two and three and four and. One and two and three and four and. Okay? That's the first exercise. You can do that for each string. It would sound like this. One and two and three and four and. One and two and three and four and. So on and so forth. Now, as you get more comfortable with that, as you kind of get, get comfortable with the action of the flat pick, I want you to ratchet up the difficulty just a little bit. So instead of both of the beats being on a single fret, I want you to divvy them up. So you'd go down on the first fret, up on the second fret, down on the third fret, up on the fourth fret, right? One and two and three and four and one and <laughs> one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and. It's a great exercise for picking accuracy. It's a great exercise for your fretting fingers as well. So we have a down and an upbeat on a single fret. Then we have down and upbeats spanning across the strings. Now, we're just gonna focus on the offbeat. Check this out. So on that low E string, we're gonna be playing just the ands with an upstroke. Okay, it's gonna sound like this. One and two and three and four and. One and two and three and four. 
okay? It's a little weird, but I want you to understand, I really wanna drill it home that this golden rule of flat picking is so important. I want you to really refine each side, the downstroke and the upstroke, okay? So here's what I want you to do. We'll do this for each of the strings. It would sound like this. One and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and so on and so forth for all of the strings. Now, this is where things are gonna get cool. We're gonna mix the downstroke and the upstroke. Okay, so on the low E string, we'll just do the upstroke. On the A string, we'll just do the downstroke. This is an exercise that will provide so much insight into the golden rule of flat picking and really start to help you build confidence in your flat picking and your overall relationship with tempo, the metronome timing, etc. Here's how that would sound. I'm gonna do this really slow because as I count it, it always confuses me, okay? So let me, let me just take this slow for you. So upstrokes on the low E string, downstrokes on the A string. It sounds like this. One and two and three and four and 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 one and two and three and four and. I was barely hanging on towards the end. It was like a like mental gymnastics, but Forcing yourself to focus on the difference between the offbeat and the upbeat will start to, again, improve your relationship with timing, okay? So that's the golden rule. Down in the downbeat, up on the upbeat. Down in the numbers, up on the ands. This next series of exercises is gonna show you how to refine your pick accuracy, okay? So what we're gonna do, this is a pretty simple exercise and it, in, it involves adjacent strings. You're gonna be going down on the low E string, up on the A string, okay? So all you're gonna do is fret the first fret of the low E with your index finger, hit that with a downstroke, fret the second fret of the A string with your middle finger, upstroke. Downstroke on the third fret of the low E string, upstroke on the fourth fret of the A string, fret that with your pinky. So it's down, up, down, up down, up, down, up, down, up. And you can do this across any pairs of strings, the, the A and the D, D and the G, obviously all the other pairs. This is a great uh, exercise to use to refine kind of the, um, the, the awareness of the real estate that your pick is traveling across. Okay, so these are strings that are right next to one another. Now I wanna show you string skipping going across more than one string, okay? Now this will really ratchet up the accuracy of your flat pick. What I want you to do is hold down a G chord, okay? I like this full sounding G because it sounds, well, darn good. And here's what I want you to do. You're always gonna be going down on the low E string. And then you're gonna vary your upstrokes. You're gonna start with the A string, move to the D, the G, the B, and the high E. Here's how that would sound. Down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. 
Okay, once you do that, now I don't want you to, okay, I don't want you to sit here and do all of these at once. These are just different exercises. You can pull one and just work on it for 10 minutes, uh, you know, maybe, maybe for an entire week, okay? Because these exercises will pay off dividends. They'll pay off big time. So we've done the ascending portion using the low E string as our kind of home note to do a downstroke. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to reverse it. Still hold down that G chord, and then you're gonna go down on the high E and alternate that with the other string. So it's down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. Okay. This will take serious focus and serious concentration. If you have to look at your guitar strings, do it. It's not cheating. I want you to develop a feel for this, okay? So if that involves, you know, you looking at the strings for a week, two weeks, great, do it. But slowly wean yourself off of that, that visual reference and start to feel it, okay? So even as you're looking at the strings, really start to sink into the feeling, okay? Now, are you ever gonna be doing a downstroke on that high E and an upstroke on the low E? Probably not. It's gonna be a pretty rare occurrence, but it's part of the sequence and it really will help you get confidence in your flat pick, okay? Just where it's traveling, okay? So, so far we've done the golden rule of flat picking, down on the downbeat, up on the upbeat. We've done string skipping, which is gonna increase your overall accuracy. Now, I wanna show you some cross picking. These are great musical things that you can do to increase the accuracy and the overall confidence you have in your flat pick. So what I want you to do is hold down a C chord, and we're gonna start with what's called even cross picking, or what I call even cross picking. It's across four strings, and quite simply, you're gonna pick from the A string to the B string. Okay, down on the A, up on the D, down on the G, up on the B. One, and two, and three, and four, and one, and two, and three, and four, and. This is a great rhythm technique. It offers wonderful texture. It's almost like a, a waterfall or kind of a, a, a harp in a way. Uh, really just great kind of outpouring of notes. At tempo, it would sound like this. It's great to do bass walks with. You can do something like this. Right? So it's a pretty cool musical application and it's great for exercising your picking hand. Now, there's another side of cross picking and that is what I call odd cross picking across three strings. And it's gonna take the rule, the golden rule of finger uh, flat picking and throw it out the window, okay? So we're gonna go across three strings. Again, go ahead and grab a C chord. Don't worry about your ring finger for this one. We're not gonna use it. We're gonna be picking from the D string to the G string to the B string, okay? And what we're gonna do is gonna go down on the D, down on the G, up on the B. Repeat that, down on the D, down on the G, up on the B, and then down on the D, up on the B. Okay, so the full measure, I'm gonna count it slowly, sounds like this. One, and two, and three, and four, and. One, and two, and three, and four, and. Or, down, down, up, down, down, up, down, up. Down, down, up, down, down, up, down, up. 
another great musical way to, to, to practice your flat picking, really to get comfortable with it. It's a great thing you can do solo by yourself and it still sounds full, it still sounds extremely musical. You can do it across a, a series of kind of harmonized scales. It would sound like this. It's a little crammed up uh, towards the body, but I think you get the idea. It's just a great way to musically explore the guitar and work on your flat picking skills as well. So I hope these exercises really give you some, some avenues to explore flat picking, right? It's, flat picking I think is always associated with just strumming. This is more than strumming. This is, this is kind of more pinpoint accuracy. And if you can start to infuse some of these techniques into your playing, you'll be amazed at what it opens up. You can start to add licks in between strumming chords. You can play a song cross-picking the whole darn thing through because your pick is that much more accurate and you're that much more comfortable with it. So again, don't do all of these exercises at once. You know, I breeze through a bunch of stuff you can do, uh, seven or eight of them. Just pick one. Work on it for 10 minutes, call it good. And please, please use these exercises, rather use a metronome while you're working on these exercises. It will really help. It will help you answer the question, am I doing this right? I think a lot of times as guitar players, we're learning something new and we always wonder like, man, that sounded good. Um, did I do that right? Was, hmm. I don't know if I did that right, should I check? That's how I've always felt. So having that metronome by your side will help you have that you know, uh, outside input, that measurement gauge as to whether or not you're doing it correctly. So enjoy these exercises and in the comments below, let me know how you like this little technique aside during the show. And, and if there's another technique that you want me to explore during the show that you're curious about, go ahead and let me know in the comments below. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love for you to help shape the future of uh, various segments on the show, but also let me know how you like this one. Okay, I gotta clear things off and I gotta get the desk ready for acoustic news you can use. And I've got a special surprise for you. I got some new jerseys. This one might not be a Blackhawks jersey, just telling you. Okay, let me get the desk set. It's an LA Kings jersey and I'm not sorry about it. And you're thinking to yourself, Tone, how can a Chicago Blackhawks diehard fan go get an LA Kings jersey? How does that even compute? Well, let me tell you, I've been entertaining the idea of getting some other jerseys and the Hawks have been having a hard year. We're rebuilding, I have hope, but you know, I get a little antsy. So Whitney and I were in Santa Monica. We happened to go to a Kings game. While we were there, we went into the pro shop. I love the Kings reverse retro jerseys. And I saw this Drew Doughty jersey and I thought to myself, great defenseman, love defense. I'm a goalie, I love defensemen, love the jersey, why not? So here I am in an LA Kings jersey and I'm not even sorry about it, I really dig it. That's the story behind the jersey, but that's not what's important. What's important is some acoustic news you can use. And the first thing I've got for you is an album coming out April 28th at Merlefest. It's named I Am A Pilgrim, Doc Watson at 100. And you're seeing the album cover right now, and what a cast of characters. Wow, wow, wow. Just take a second and read through all those artists. Holy smokes. Now. I became privy to this album because of Michael Daves. He made a post saying he got to record with Dolly Parton. Record a song with Dolly Parton. I don't believe they were in the studio at the same time, but 
they joined forces and created a wonderful cover of the tune, The Last Thing On My Mind, which is one of my favorite Tom Paxton tunes associated with Tony Rice, of course, associated with Doc Watson. And here is Michael Daves and Dolly Parton on the same track playing this tune. I mean, does it get any better? Let's go ahead and have a quick listen. In the wing of an eye, my soul is turning In your hand, in your hand Are you going away with no word of farewell? Will there be not a trace left behind? I could have loved you better I didn't mean to be unkind you know that was the last thing on my mind. A couple episodes back on the Acoustic Tuesday show, I did a segment focusing on stretching and injury prevention for guitar players. If you have not seen that, please check it out. I think you'll find it very much worth your time. But I thought to myself, you know, there's probably some folks out there who really didn't jive with that episode, maybe questioned the whole notion of stretching. Well, check this out. Billy Strings was just promoting his summer tour dates, and in the little video promotion, it shows him stretching. So I wanted to show it to you because real people do it. Real good guitar players do it. This is like the, the People magazine, People Like Us, or whatever, whatever that segment is. I'm not a big People magazine person. Nonetheless, this is Billy String stretching, and I think it underscores how important it is. Here's the promo. no idea where this next thing came from, but you have to see it because it immediately shows you that anything is possible with the right attitude. As guitar players, I feel like we do a great job of getting in our own way. I don't have the right guitar. I don't have the right strings. I can't play the song perfectly. I'm not sure I can play that open mic. I'll be too embarrassed. The list goes on and on and on. And I'm not saying these are not valid. These are all valid things, but we can get in our own heads and ultimately stand in our own way. We get in the way of doing the things we really wanna do, be it an open mic, playing a song for a friend, learning guitar in the first place. Well, you have to watch this next video. Like I said, I'm not even sure where it came from. I saw it and my jaw immediately went to the floor because it is a six-year-old playing what I believe to be an open mic, playing the Big Bill Brunsey song, Hey Hey, which is a very tall order. This is an intense song. This is not an easy song to play, but this six-year-old wanted to play it, and man, she did play it, and she sang too. I mean, all of the things. You gotta check this out. Baby, ain't no real dog. 
I know you're probably gonna need a second to collect yourself after that. I certainly did. So let's take this time to breathe and we'll head down the road to Billings, Montana. We're gonna check out a guitar signal from Tom Steinbeck and here is what he has. Front left, a Larave 09, a Taylor eight string baritone, a Journey overhead carbon fiber takedown guitar, an applause which is lying on the ground, a no make student classical, a Hernandez grand concert, a Taylor 12 all Koa, a Siegel Entourage Rustic, a Tacoma Papoose. And he says this, my dad bought me the Larave after we played every guitar in the store. I narrowed it to two and he liked this one best. He was right. The rest of the guitars are used. Well, Tom, thank you so much for sharing your guitar snow with us. And if you're sitting at home thinking, it's time for me to share my guitar snow on the Acoustic Tuesday show, I want you to do that. Everything you need is in the description down below. You've got a link to purchase a guitar snow shirt. Once you get that shirt, take a picture amongst all of your guitars and then submit it using the link in the description as well. Bingo Bango, you'll be featured on an Acoustic Tuesday show. Now, I hope you didn't put your guitar away quite yet, because let's go ahead and check in and see what the TAC family is working on. Every single week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, the TAC family rotates between the five essential skills to learn any song on the guitar. Mondays is a technique challenge, Tuesdays a guitar lick challenge, Wednesdays an improvisation challenge, Thursdays a rhythm guitar challenge, and Fridays a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday, the TAC fam is working on a guitar lick, and well, here it is. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge is entitled Multi-Tool because of its many uses. This is a bluegrass lick in the key of G, and I gotta tell you, this works awesome as an ending. It's a great piece of a solo. You can pick it apart and create your own licks from it. It really does have a ton of different uses. But first things first, let's hear it in its entirety. <laughs> Just a great kind of, almost it has this boomerang or yo-yo-like effect. A uh, lot going on here, and we'll start to pick it apart here in just a moment. But if you want to learn this note-for-note TAC family, please sign in. This is your daily challenge today. Go ahead and hit Start Challenge. That'll take you directly to the teaching video. Then you can move to the play-along video. Pick a speed that's comfortable for you, and don't forget to click on that tab icon in the lower right-hand corner. That'll pull up the tab in a separate window, so you can have both the video and the tab right next to one another. Okay, this lick, how is it used? What do we even do with it? Well, first things first, it's a great ending lick. It's kind of a great way to cap off a song, um, whether that be a bluegrass song or maybe even something a little bit slower. In fact, if this is a little too noty for you, you can just simply take the first part of the lick and call it good. It's just a few notes. Here's how that would sound. Pretty cool. We took a super long lick and said, you know what? We don't need all that. We're just gonna take this first part and call it good. It's it's really fun to play. It's actually quite addicting. You don't even have to strum the chord. You could just end on that, that low E string third fret. Now, what else can you do with this? Well, gosh, there's so much we can do. You know, as written, it's a great ender. I'm not gonna necessarily show an example of that because it's literally just the same thing as I played at the very beginning. Uh, as you can see, we could chop this up in little pieces. And another piece that I wanna highlight here is that slide piece. One of the things that I really enjoy about this lick is the dissonance that this little slide integrates. Let me go ahead and play that piece for you so you can hear it, and then we'll see how we can integrate it into just a normal G, G chord strumming. A normal strum of a G chord. Okay, here's that slide piece. 
Sounds weird when we end on the D string like that, as it's written and as I played it before. However, we can modify this just slightly to make it a great, um, God, what do I wanna call it? It's one of those things that you can play for a solo. Oh, a motif, a repeated motif that really, I feel holds a lot of power when you solo. You literally just repeat the same thing over and over and over again, and then go right back into strumming a G chord. Let me show you how that sounds. I'm gonna play a G chord, go into that slide lick, and instead of ending on that open D string, I'm gonna end on a G. So the part that I'm gonna repeat sounds like this. So when I want to end it, I go to that open G. If I don't want to end it, I literally just continue to repeat the same phrase. So I'm gonna strum a G chord, go to that, repeat it a couple times, and then come back to that G chord. Actually, I'm not gonna come back to the G chord. I'm gonna end it on an open G string so you can kind of hear, hear it in all of its glory. Okay, here's how that sounds. end on a G chord, but you get the idea. I actually hit that open G string right before the G chord. And it's a great, it's just a great way to, to add some, some oomph to whatever your solo is. Almost regardless of the chord changes, if it's in the key of G and it's a bluegrass song, you can repeat that phrase and buy yourself a ton of time. Okay, so that's just a little bit of dissection of this lick. And as I talked about it just there, something popped into my mind that I wanted to share with you. If it sounds good, it is good. I think a lot of times there's some, some, some dissonance that happens, not, not playing dissonance, but there's dissonance that happens where you wonder if you're doing it right when it comes to playing guitar, maybe playing a solo, maybe playing a lick such as this one, and you think to yourself, gosh, am I doing this right? And I want you to always lean on the phrase, if it sounds good, it is good. There's no rule book. There's no boxes we're trying to check off here. There's no right, there's no wrong. If you like the sound of something that you're playing, it is good. It takes a while to build confidence in this, but I assure you, if you continue, continue to remind yourself, if what I'm playing sounds good, that means it is good. That could be, that is your guiding light, okay? That, that's the link to getting greater confidence in your playing, getting greater confidence in your soloing, using licks while you play. So remember, if it sounds good, it is good. That's your guiding light. On to your second dose of acoustic news you can use. And first up is a documentary, a forthcoming documentary you need to be aware of, Norm's Rare Guitars. Yes, they're doing a documentary about it. Now, I first saw this, it was like a Vice clip, so I don't know if Vice is doing the documentary or I don't know if Norms is doing the documentary. Honestly, it doesn't matter who's doing the documentary. This is something that we all need in our lives. So let's go ahead and look at this little teaser trailer. By the way, he has a documentary that they just made about him in his life of how he sold guitars from everyone, Tom Petty, George Harrison, Bob Dylan. Why are you being so shy, man, and bashful? He's, he's, a, he's a living legend. In this, I just in this forgetful. Um, you're in great shape, man. I think you are very cognitive, especially in this guitar culture and community. You're one of the go-to guys. Okay, what's the name of the documentary? I don't have an official name, just the Norman's Rare Guitars I documentary. It. Um, it was some, it's something about guitars that just really um, pull my strings. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. No, I don't know. You, you, I don't write anything. You, I don't read a script. I'm just really good at that. Oh, there you go. All right. Most expensive is high notes, man. 
I appreciate y'all for keeping it locked. Stay tuned. I hope you're ready for your heart to melt because we have another youngster taking the stage. Rob Ikes and Trey Hensley, I've talked about them numerous times on the Acoustic Tuesday show. And no, they're not the youngsters that I'm referring to. Uh, Rob and Trey are out touring their new album, Living in a Song, currently, and they just recently played a show at the Down Home. And in attendance was Trey's daughter, Emma Lynn, who then joined him on stage to sing the Tom Petty song, Wildflowers. And I gotta tell you, wow. It's a perfect song, and it's just heartwarming to see these two on stage together. Trey is singing and playing. Emma Lynn is singing, and it's just, it's everything that we all need. It's just, it's the reason why guitar and music are so powerful. Here they are. Run away, let your heart be your What kind of monster would I be if I did not congratulate Molly Tuttle on her Grammy? Well, I'd be a big monster. I'd be like King Kong, or like uh, Bigfoot, or like uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. I'd be a horrible person. So first and foremost, Molly, congratulations on your Grammy. But I also wanted to wait because Griffin Strings made this post and I thought it showed how amazing guitar journeys can be and how these little things seem to be catalysts. So check this out. You're gonna look at some pictures here and I'm gonna read this post because it's just, it's really inspirational and it really just goes to show that every little step in your guitar journey is so important. Check this out. Check out these pictures while I read this. We are so excited to hear that Crooked Tree, Molly Tuttle's album with her band Golden Highway just won the 2023 Grammy for Best Bluegrass Album. So what does this rather beat up Taylor baby have to do with that? Well, it was her very first guitar. Molly's father, Jack, taught banjo, fiddle, and guitar here at Griffin for years and bought this guitar for her in 2001. Molly was a very quick study, and she and her brothers were soon playing quite advanced acoustic music. By 2004, she had earned enough money playing with her brothers on street corners in downtown Palo Alto that she was able to buy a new Martin HD28V, a guitar perfectly suited to the bluegrass music she loves. When she came into Griffin to buy the Martin, she had a paper shopping bag stuffed with a couple of thousand dollars in cash she had earned as tips. This guitar is a nice reminder that all big things start from something small. Congratulations, Molly. I mean, I just, that's it. All these little things that we do in our guitar journeys just have different impacts. You know, you, you never know how big of an impact it will have, but 
it certainly is impactful. And I just thought this was a cool illustration of that very thing with, I think we can all say one of our favorite guitar players of all time, one of our favorite songwriters of all time. So again, congratulations, Molly. And then lastly, oh, have I got something for you. You know, I mentioned Wit and I went to Santa Monica and um, we, were, we were flying and I brought my guitar. And um, man, I tell you what, I usually have good experiences flying with the instrument. Not the case, not the case this time. It was not good. And in fact, it inspired a future Acoustic Tuesday episode. Some weeks from now, we're gonna talk about flying with your acoustic guitar. But in the meantime, you have to check out this meme. I saw Jake Eddy post this and I thought, hit the nail on the head. Here's what it says. Now, it's got four flight attendants and the first one says, guitar, huh? The next one says, you're here to play for us? The next one says, rock on, dude. And the final one says, that's not gonna fit in the overhead. And I just thought this one hit the nail on the head. Like I said, I mean, anytime you fly with your guitar, I feel like around each corner is a new level of anxiety. You've got security, you gotta get it through. Then you're trying to board the plane and then you don't know what the flight attendant's gonna say. It's just, this just summed everything up perfectly. And on those, sarcastic, anxiety-producing notes. I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, yes, let's take a sneak peek into next week. And next week, <laughs> we got some good weeks coming up on the Acoustic Tuesday show. But next week is gonna be a really fun one. Next week, we're gonna start digging into my guitar arsenal. I've gotten tons of questions over the history of the Acoustic Tuesday show saying, hey, we wanna see your guitar arsenal. How many guitars do you have? What's in your guitar arsenal? Why do you choose certain instruments? Well. We're gonna start this journey next week on the show. Next week, I'll be unveiling two of my guitars, telling you about them, where they came from, what the specs are, and why I chose them to be in my guitar arsenal. That's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Before I let you go, please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please take the time to invest in your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Fun should be your top priority. And with that, I thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers, Guitar Geeks Unite.